everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengerd, founder of Wengerd Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, again, if you'd like to partner with us, if you've been impacted by these messages, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. And I want to say thank you to all of you who are already doing so. Now, I just came off of a uh, minister's retreat I just had over the weekend. It was a few days, and the Lord, it was so amazing how uh, just taking some time away, allowing the Lord to speak to my heart and journaling and writing through some things, how uh, impactful that is. So I'd like to encourage you, if you get a chance to do something like that, definitely take, uh, t- take up the opportunity and do it. Now, I want to talk with you about one of the fruits of the Spirit, and this is what he spoke to me about. These fruits go hand in hand with each other. So many times, if you're seeing one, you'll begin to see the other ones showing up as well. But the reason for this is that the fruits of the Spirit are exactly that. They are fruits of the Spirit. They're not fruits of the man. And I'm not trying to be uh, facetious here. I, I really mean this. This is not a fruit that you can produce. This is a fruit of the Spirit. So many times we, we find ourselves trying to produce the fruits of the Spirit, and, and you can't. It's not something that can come from you. It comes from Him. So if you've been filled with or baptized in or anointed with the Holy Spirit, then you have all of the power of God already in fullness in your spirit. So you have everything that you need. It's just a matter of drawing it out, allowing it, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to manifest in your life. So I've heard plenty of messages preached where the underlying tone surrounding the fruits of the Spirit was really one of condemnation, like uh, you should have more self-control or work on getting more patience (laughs) or something like that. Just mentioning the fruit of the Spirit and it was in conjunction with working for it, trying harder, being something more. But when I realized that I already possess all of of the Spirit of God, then it became clear that I could simply draw on the fruit of the Spirit. It's already in me. The fruit of the Spirit is already and always available to me. So I've titled the message today, Faithfulness, a Fruit of the Spirit. Now, I also spoke a little while ago about the true power of love in performing miracles. Because really, love seems to me like it's the most dominant of all of the fruits of the Spirit. So let love be your motivator in all things. Always be motivated by love. And obviously, uh, you know, we see this in the love chapter where you know talks about though I do this and this and this and this, but have not love, I'm nothing. So again, always allow love to be your motivator. And as we talk through this, let God show you how this is in, uh, to be manifest in your life. But I want to remind you that you are possibly the only example of Jesus that people will ever see as you manifest him to others. Remember that. We are the body of Christ. If you've been born again and you are in contact with, a, with another person, they may never see another Jesus. They may never see anyone manifest him to them. So show them what Jesus is like. You can't do it on your own. Let him manifest through you. Let him show himself through you. In Galatians 5, to 25, this is where the fruits of the Spirit are mentioned. I'm just going to go through this just to remind you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
And those who are in Christ, or those who have Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So my challenge in this, and this is where the Lord was challenging me, we live in the Spirit, okay? So we are, this is Spirit, soul, body. We live, and our life is in the Spirit, so that's where we possess all of the fruits of the Spirit. So if we are then living in the Spirit, let us also walk in the flesh, but allowing the Spirit to come through and change how we walk in the flesh. So I am in the flesh. You see me. I'm in front of a camera. I'm talking. This is something that you're seeing manifested through my flesh, but hopefully what you're hearing is words that are coming from the Spirit that can connect with your spirit. So it's allowing the spirit to transform what would uh, just naturally be the flesh. So when we walk in the spirit, our flesh is then transformed. So faithfulness is a combination then of two separate traits. It's faith and patience. And I got this from Hebrews 6, uh, verses 10 through 12. It's really where it talks about uh, ministering to others, and that God does not, um, he, he does not miss that. Uh, he says in verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice it is through faith and patience. So when I think of patience, patience is a key ingredient in possessing our inheritance. There's many things that we miss because we're just really not willing to wait for it. We, we want to jump ahead. We want to go ahead. Uh, so patience is, is very important. And in fact, in 2 Peter 1, uh, we read where he says, add to your faith patience. So Again, so many places where these, these traits go together and we can, we can understand where one is empowering the other. So uh, you will see this happening in your life. Learn to hold fast to the promises of God and don't let go until the answer is in your hand. Do not put your own time frame on the promises of God. Now the devil may try to hinder us, but God always causes us to triumph as long as we don't quit. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 2.14. So God always causes us to triumph. Just don't quit. Stay faithful. Now, I realize that faithfulness and patience require a lot of the same attitudes and the willingness to wait. But the Word of God specifically mentions patience and faithfulness as two separate fruits of the Spirit. So I asked the Lord why these two are listed as separate qualities. And he answered me. He said that patience and faithfulness work hand in hand, but they are not the same thing. So I was thinking, okay, what, what is patience? Patience would be willingness to wait, um, uh, being long-suffering, as some translations say. But faithfulness is acting in accordance with our faith. So being faithful to our faith. So faithful to your belief. So acting in accordance with that is what produces that uh, the answers or the promises of God manifest in your life. So in uh, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, he says, And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who are able to teach others also. So this verse describes the quality of a person that we are. 
if we are to you know commit our time and our leadership uh and really it's who we want to commit to as well we see faithful men we see faithful people the fruit of faithfulness is something that we need to learn how to allow the spirit of god to manifest that through us and he will give us instructions jesus said if you love me keep my commandments or keep my instructions be faithful to my word another verse is first corinthians 4 1 it says moreover it is required in stewards that one be found faithful so faithfulness can apply to a lot of different areas it's one of the primary character traits that must be found in individuals who are to be entrusted with the kingdom of God. See, God did not make so the kingdom of God is inaccessible. He made so that we can, we can access it. But there are, there are things that need to be met, and it's not that he's hard-hearted about it. It's that he, he knows how, how special of a treasure it is to access the kingdom of God. And so if we're not manifesting these things and allowing the Spirit of God to manifest through us, that we're not able, we can't handle the kingdom of God. And so once we start to see these things manifesting, the kingdom of God and the promises of God become more and more evident in our lives and in the lives of those around us. So John even describes this with Jesus at the end of time. Uh, he says, and the lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So again, he mentions it all together. It's part of it. it. Part of living true to the king is being faithful to him. And so one main reason why people don't fulfill their God-given potential and calling is that they don't understand the full meaning of faithfulness. Or I guess if they do understand what it means, they are not willing to commit to it, which is a very real possibility that you've been given the opportunity, commit to this, and you say, I, I don't know that I can. So again, go back to the thing that God has asked you to commit to and be faithful to it. Paul even describes himself as being counted faithful by Jesus in First uh, uh, Timothy 1.12, where he says, and I thank Jesus or Christ Jesus, my Lord, who enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So has Jesus counted you faithful? Is it something where he would say, the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness, is evident in your life. It's, it's being faithful to the truth of the word, being faithful to what you believe. So enablement, ability, and promotion, they're all results of the fruit of faithfulness in our lives. The kingdom of heaven works on specific laws and principles, and every one of them requires faithfulness in order to see the full benefit. You can't short-circuit it. You're, you can't shortcut it. it, it something that just takes time it takes commitment it takes being faithful so i want to give you the definition of faithfulness so that you know we can see what that meaning is and just just to see it how we would uh in the english language describe it and it's being it's defined as being trustworthy sure true loyal reliable accurate so this description I can easily see how when we look at faithfulness, we say, of course, he's, he's a true friend, he's loyal, he's reliable, or if you are accurate to the truth, you are faithful to the truth. So here's some examples of faithfulness that I was thinking about. Just faithfulness to Jesus, because he was faithful all the way to the death on the cross. He was the true example of one who was found faithful all the way to death, and then resurrection, obviously. 
faithfulness to accurately represent God's heart to the people that we meet. See, it's not just representing your own heart, it's representing God's heart. And this is why being motivated by love is so important. And then uh, faithfulness to your spouse and your family, faithfulness to your employer, faithfulness to handling money, or faithfulness to other believers and those around you, faithfulness to relationships um, that God has placed in your life. Faithfulness has, it takes so many different uh, avenues. It shows up in so many different places in our lives. So the call, the, the invitation is be faithful in all these areas. And you won't do it on your own. You'll be faithful in these areas by drawing on the power of the Spirit that's in you, the fruit of the Spirit that's already at work in you. So in other words, faithfulness means that your life and your words are true to the Word of God in each of these areas. Now, I want to, uh, I want to talk through a couple more verses um, Timothy describes faithfulness in more detail. In fact, he says in uh, 2 Timothy 2, verses 22, he says, flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace um, with those um, who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He's saying, he's saying, avoid all of these things that would distract you, that would, that would pull your heart away. Avoid them. Turn away from them and turn to the Lord. Turn in humility to, to the truth of the word of God. And he said, avoid disputes, foolish disputes. So many people, they make provision for their flesh. And maybe you've done this. But when you do, you stay a baby and you don't grow up in the Lord. So this does not develop faithfulness in us. So what I'm talking about here is a quality of maturity in the Lord. God is calling us to mature in him, to grow up in him, and to, to, to show that to those around us. So it may even seem at times that you, you need to make serving God a higher priority than even your involvement with the necessities of life. There may be something that God calls you to do and he says, I want you to do this. And you say, I can't because whatever. Uh, but I want to encourage you, God will not ask you to do something beyond what you're able to do. He gives you, he, he gives you an invitation and he says, come with me and do this. And this has happened in my life many times where I, I'm, I'm busy on something and I'm, I'm headed in one direction. And he says, go over there and talk to that person. And I go, I don't have time for this. And yet, if I take the time to do it, the other things in my life, actually, they come back around and I really didn't miss out. He brings, he brings the things back around to where, you know what? It worked out. It worked out okay. It worked out good. But there's so many times that I can point to where I say, ah, I, don't, I don't have time and I, and I drive on or I... I go on in my life and I say, well, I'm not sure that I can do that. And what happens is I then miss out on the, the kingdom of God manifesting in my life. I miss out on what he's trying to give me. He's trying to give me his goodness. He's trying to give me a reward. And so another example of this is someone who trains for uh, the Olympic Games. So think about the training and discipline needed to become an Olympic athlete. So the athlete's schedule, their diet, and their time, it's, it's not their own. They have, to, they have to look beyond that. They can't just say, well, I feel like sitting on the couch and watching TV. They have to stay focused. They have to eat the right things. They have to exercise the right way. They've been given a regimen that they need to stick to, or they're not going to be able to compete. So they have to look beyond that. And really, you know, it's, it's something where... They don't just train for just a short time. Their training requires consistency and discipline and self-denial on a daily basis. 
So how many athletes actually do the training simply because they enjoy it? They say, well, I'm just going to do this because I like it. Well, maybe they do for a certain time, but I would say there comes a time where they say, don't feel like doing it, don't feel like eating that, don't feel like whatever the, the regimen is, but they keep doing it because they know that it is for a prize. They know that in doing this, they will then be able to compete. So this same thing applies to our spiritual training. Do you do spiritual training? Do you um, make so that when it, when it comes time to compete that you're able to? Uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 26, Paul talks about running a race. I'd like to read that here. He says, do you, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. And he talks about disciplining his body. He talks about staying focused. So why do we do this? We do this because we, it's not just for a perishable crown. And when I think of uh, Olympic athletes, I think, well, how many gold medalists can you remember? Really? And maybe there's a story of something that happened, they got injured, or something happened where you can remember one or two. Or, you know, if, it's, if there's been a lot of coverage on this one person, but how many of them just go by the wayside? I mean, even by, by the next year or by a couple months later, people go, well, I'm not sure what that guy's name is. He was a gold medalist, but you still don't remember. So it's something that he did, but it's not going to last. It's not something that's, that uh, will necessarily um, even last much longer than just the competition itself. It's like he can stand on the podium and, and that's it. But really, what we compete for is something that lasts for eternity. It's not a, a gold medal. It's not a silver medal. It's not a bronze medal. It's something that lasts for eternity. The eternal benefit is for us and for everyone that we are able to help. See, the benefit comes through allowing the Spirit of God to manifest Himself in those around us. It's not just for us. It's to bring others with us. So winning at anything involves practice and hard work and maybe even disappointment and trials. But every winner realizes that faithfulness accomplishes something. It's those people that have quit when life got tough and never truly, they never truly saw the value of faithfulness. They don't get to see the reward of it. And we, we, we first need to live um, with faithfulness before we can teach others how to be faithful. It's one thing to, to look in the word and try to talk about it, but it's another thing to experience it. And this is really what the Lord was showing me this weekend, that uh, there are things that have been accomplished and I, I was looking at that and saying, how did that happen? And he said, it's because you were faithful. You were faithful to complete this. You were faithful to, to follow through with this. And now look what happened. And some of these things are ministry related. Some of them are, are just life related. They're projects. There are other things that I was faithful to them. And I was able to see the reward of it. Now, when I look at faithfulness and, and being patient and all of that, um, competing is one example, but another example is a farmer. Think of this. Uh, you know, a student can study quickly for a test and maybe get a good grade. But a farmer, there's no shortcut to the harvest. 
There's no shortcut to faithfulness. A farmer has to put in the time, cultivate the soil, put the seed into the soil, and, and then keep it watered and keep it uh, keep the weeds out and keep it protected. Keep that little plant able to grow until it's big enough to produce a harvest. And then the farmer has to come through and put in the sickle, do the work of harvest and, and, and gather the, the, the grain or whatever it is that he's growing and then take it to market before he'll ever see the reward of all of his work. And he has to be faithful to it. He has to be willing to wait. Now, I heard a story that has really inspired and encouraged me, and uh, it's such a good parable. Maybe you've heard of it, but um, it's a story of the Chinese bamboo tree. And it's, it's a lesson that it really sticks with you. If you've heard it, I'm sure you remember it. And if you haven't, you will remember this. The Chinese bamboo tree teaches us success uh, really in patience and faith and perseverance and growth and development, and really the power of faithfulness. So being faithful no matter what, knowing that what you're doing is producing even if you don't see it. So like any plant, it requires uh, you know, nurturing. It requires water and fertile soil and sunshine and, and all of that. So let's just say we've given this plant these things that, that are necessary for growth. And in the, the first year we look and there's no visible signs of activity. In the second year, no growth above the soil. The third year, the fourth year, still nothing is visible. Nothing's visible. We're still watering this ground. We're still keeping the weeds out of this ground. It's just, it's just soil. We can't see anything. The farmer's patience is tested. And he could begin to wonder if his efforts of caring for it, of watering it, will ever be rewarded. But finally, in the fifth year, it's a miracle. <laughs> it seems like a miracle. There's ex ex explosive growth. The Chinese bamboo tree grows 50, 60, sometimes 80 feet tall in just six weeks. Now, how is that possible? Did it just lay there dormant? Did that seed just lay there, nothing happening until in the fifth year it finally split open and shot down roots and shot straight up into the, into the air? Of course not. We know that the, the growth was happening under the surface. For the first Four years it was putting roots down, deep roots, growing strong. That little tree became a big tree. It was just all underground. These roots grew and got ready for the fifth year. And in the fifth year, of course, the answer is obvious. It's above the surface. It shoots up out of the ground. And, and here we have this amazing result. And we look at that and say the fifth year is amazing. I would say the first, the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth year are all amazing. It's how that plant grows. Be faithful to how that plant grows and you will see a harvest. It's just gonna take five years. So you cannot microwave your life and you cannot microwave your understanding of the kingdom of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Allow him to grow it in you. In Matthew 25, uh, 21, Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, this is what Jesus will say to you at the end of your life or at the end of time itself, if you've been faithful. So uh, this is really what our heart wants to hear, and I want to hear him say it now. Well done, good and faithful servant. And it's what he told me this weekend. He said, you, you were able to see the results of that because you were faithful. And he said, well done. So bearing spiritual fruit 
only comes through a daily and growing relationship with Jesus. Where the fruits of the Spirit are found in Galatians 5, and 23, they're a description of the fruit that should be available and visible in our lives. But it's also a description of the true nature of God himself. If you want to know what God is like, look at the fruits of the Spirit. And this is why you can know that you have all of it, because you have the Spirit of God in you. So manifesting the fruit of the Spirit involves seeking the good of others around you. You look around, you say, God, how do you want to use this fruit? Because fruit that you pick is to bring nourishment to those around you. It's not just for yourself. So God wants us to come into agreement with him right where we are, agree with him that he can make a difference in the midst of our present circumstances. We're wanting God to change our circumstances, but he wants us to manifest the fruit of the Spirit that's already in us. He wants us to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in the middle of our circumstances. That will change your circumstances. It's not just asking him to do it. He says, you have it. It's in you. Allow it out and it will change the circumstances. So be faithful to what he has called you to and and never let go of his promises to you. Remember, you are in this not only for the rest of your life, but for eternity. God is faithful, and I can guarantee you that the rewards for being faithful are much greater than anything that we can imagine. Thank you so much for tuning in again today, and I'm praying that the fruit of the Spirit manifest in each one of your lives. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you.